TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. Yeah, I feel like the way the show has gone so far, we could go either way. We can talk stimulus package because it seems like Congress is close to figuring something out. Or we can go to Christmas music for a half hour or an hour or two hours. At this point, I am almost at the moment where Christmas music is preferred. And I normally would not be the first one to volunteer that sort of thing up. And if anything, if there was a Christmas song that best probably describes me it would be you're a mean one mr grinch that is the mo tonight and i cannot deny it so i'll let you decide if you want christmas music text in (laughs) no we're not doing christmas music i'll get in trouble for that or we could i don't care 314-436-7900 but i do want to talk about congress getting close to the coronavirus deal and it could include some stimulus checks and one of the biggest outspoken voices for that stimulus check the individual portion of it would be senator josh hotley and also senator bernie sanders uh you're not used to hearing those two in the same line but you know 2020 is so weird that josh hotley and bernie sanders have teamed up like batman and robin (laughs) which one would be batman i don't know The Senate and House leaders, and this is from The Hill, on the cusp of a coronavirus relief deal that could uh, include direct payments, they say 600 to 700. This number keeps uh, gets floated around. So originally, if you remember the first time around, it was twelve hundred dollars for an adult, six hundred dollars, no, five hundred per dependent. And then there were other additional benefits for weekly supplemental unemployment assistance. So they would kick in a little extra to what the state was already offering on unemployment. This time around, they say it looks like the deal they're close to getting is half of that. So $600 for an adult. I don't know what the number would be for a dependent. It might just be 300. It might be half of that. It could be 1200 again. I don't know. The, originally, Josh Hawley was pushing for 1200 Same thing with Bernie Sanders. And I think the White House wants to see a higher number. I think the negotiations through Mitch McConnell wants to see a lower number. 
Josh Hawley has talked about just the necessity of getting something going. I've made very clear that unless there is direct support for working Americans, I'm not going to support COVID relief. Why would the government give hundreds of billions of dollars to big business or to government or to other entities and not give it to working families who need it the most? That makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, that's right. You tell them, Josh Hawley. Well, I just am fascinated, too. Because some of the business people you see, at least some of the large people like on Shark Tank, <laughs> you have Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary, who's from Canada. So he doesn't really have much to say on the American side, but he does comment on it. And he said, uh, hey, people understand that when they make an investment, it might not pay off to them. The people, the the families, that's what you need to be helping. You have the Mark Cubans of the world that say, you know what, now's the time to do a universal basic income. You have the Andrew Yangs of the world. Now's the time for a universal basic income. So they're all pushing not just for one individual payment. They want to see this thing go on forever as if we can afford the first one to begin with. We're going to add a second stimulus package on and we want to indefinitely continue to hand out money. Just hand it out. And here you go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Josh Hawley, I think, sees the need for this. So if we're going to help businesses I think the point he's making is if you're going to do something for businesses, you also have to do something for American people. It can't just be the businesses that benefit from something like this. And he talked more about the relief. The most important thing that Congress can do now is to get assistance into the hands of working families and working people. These are the folks who should be first in line for COVID relief, not last. They shouldn't be an afterthought. Working people have borne the brunt of this pandemic and they need direct support. And I'm willing to do everything I can, everything in my power to make sure that they get it let's see senator republican whip john thune from south dakota a member of the senate finance committee told reporters on wednesday the stimulus checks will be 600 to 700 dollars per individual he expect the package to be 300 dollars a week in supplemental federal unemployment assistance through march so basically three months of january february and through march Senator said there could be language in a deal aimed at addressing concerns that people who receive both enhanced unemployment benefits and stimulus checks would be getting a double benefit. So some protections in that sense. Uh, Republicans trying to keep the package below one trillion dollars. I think originally what did Pelosi want, like three and a half trillion or something, three point two trillion, whatever that number is. So it's considerably less. They're trying to make it as little as possible. But here's the thing I'm not convinced on, even if they get this deal done before the end of the year, which I think they will. And I've been saying that for what the past four months. Oh, I think they'll do this. Oh, I'll think I think they'll do this. But even if they get this deal, it means nothing, because when Joe Biden gets into the office at the end of January, who knows what they're going to be pushing again? And then think about the runoff election in Georgia. Let's just say there's a shift in the Senate or whatever. Are they just going to indefinitely continue to write the check they can't afford to cash? Uh, we can't afford to cash. Is it just going to happen over and over again in a Biden administration? So does it even matter at this point? So they may be looking at something that is skinny down at the moment. I think you're looking at 2021 as the opportunity for them to use uh, and take full advantage of some more relief. I, I'm just um, I'm, I'm just a little bit leery and skeptical that we're going to ever be able to balance the ship. It's scary right now. Let me open up things to you. One person texted in, why not do both? So I guess I can play Christmas music and also talk about coronavirus relief. 314-436-7900. And the latest thing, I don't know if you saw this too. The latest thing they want to subsidize is video streaming. You got to be kidding me with this. All right. Now, can we admit that that might be going a little too far? This is Overnight America, KMOX. KMOX is St. Louis's news, talk, sports, radio. 
feel like this is the uh, most appropriate song to play tonight. Oh, no, no, let's keep playing it. It's like Father Christmas is Uncle Sam this time around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's listen to this here. This is too perfect. That was just too perfect. All right. <laughs> the case. Father Christmas, give me some money. It's just too perfect. All right. If we're going to combine Christmas music and stimulus talk like uh, Billy messaged in on the text messaging, then that's how you do it. 314-436-7900. And Larry's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. You know how to amuse yourself, don't you? All the time. I needed it. I needed that right then and there. You need some Mannheim steamroller, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's another way to do it. So I just tuned in. I don't know if you have talked about what went on in the Senate today at all. About what? The stimulus talks or something different? No, no. Ron Johnson chaired the meeting, and they went over the uh, disparity in our election and Krebs was there. He was interviewed. Uh, Peters, <clears throat> excuse me, Peters from Wisconsin, who chastised uh, Johnson and Grassley about the uh, conspiracy with the Russians. Johnson told him to shut up, and they had a, a little debate. Uh, Rand Paul was there. Hawley was there. Anyways, it's interesting. They talked about Krebs getting death threats. Now, you know who Krebs is, right? Um, not exactly. Worked, Remind me. Okay. He, he worked, he worked for, he worked for president Trump in the election outside interference. That was his job. Okay. okay. So, so that, so the Democrats are saying that Krebs is getting death threats. It's so hypocritical all summer long. in these democratic towns, there were police being shot at some being killed and they let them run amok. And so I look at this as Krebs is an apologist for Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden, they might give him an appointment in the Biden administration. What do you think? Oh, man. They're they're handing him out right now. But, yeah, go ahead. So have you ever thought of this? Remember when that NASCAR, that uh, there was a rope hanging in the NASCAR garage, the driver? Yeah, Bubba Wallace uh, incident. Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember the name. So the FBI will investigate a rope hanging in a NASCAR garage, but they won't look at the fraud in the election. One of the the congressmen today said it like this. There were 42,000 votes more. 42,000 people voted more than once in Nevada. 1,500 dead people voted and 15,000 non-residents. Not one Democrat. I watched this for an hour and a half. It was from the start. I watched it from the start to the end. Not one Democrat, and you know this is going to be true, had anything 
to say about the election. It was all above board. So when this goes before we need one, one from the House of Representatives and one from the Senate to start questioning these electoral votes, not electoral folks, electoral votes, to make it might not overturn anything, but we need to get back on the right course and have fair elections. I feel like I was cheated and I am mad about it. Mm. All right, Larry. And a lot of people are very upset about this. And thank you very much for your call. It's good to hear from you. It's always, always good to hear from you. Thank you, sir. Um, I wanted to point this out because you hear this argument brought up online. It, it reminded me of what Larry was mentioning there, but they bring up this argument about the challenges that still go on in certain areas. And they say, you know, all you want to do is disenfranchise Democratic votes. All you want to do is go out there and you want to throw away millions of people who voted for Joe Biden. And you saw that over the weekend. I think Chris Wallace, that was one of the points he brought up to Steve Scalise. And you hear that. And I think it needs to be pointed out that there is really no way to determine who those actual votes went to when you're going through the process of trying to decide the legality of the votes that came in and what needs to be counted and what is not allowed to be counted by law. So it's not like there's a certain cherry pick of, oh boy, it's a Biden vote, so that needs to be tossed. But this one came in late for Donald Trump. We'll keep that one. It doesn't work that way. The argument is in a lot of these different states, and they're bringing up many different arguments that, hey, it's it's all or nothing on these certain ones that are being challenged. So I think when Larry brought that up, it's a good point in some of these, the legal votes you want to be able to keep. Now, is there steam left in that argument in order to overturn anything? I really don't think so. I think if I were Donald Trump, this is what my strategy would be at this point forward. My strategy would be, I know that I'm not going to be the president after Inauguration Day on January 20th. I know that Joe Biden is going to assume the office. But I also know that in the next month that it's going to take before then and there, maybe the best thing I can do is set into motion some investigations that Joe Biden and their administration would not be able to cancel. So you remember all of the hardship that the Democrats gave to um, and over and over again, they said, oh, he's going to try to turn the investigation off on himself and he's going to cancel the investigation and blah, blah, blah. Well, ultimately, all these investigations into Donald Trump continued on unfettered. And what do they find? Nothing. So this is what I would do. I would say, OK, you did that to me. How about this? I'm going to set into motion special investigators to look into all of these things, including Hunter Biden. And when you become president, I don't think you should be allowed to fetter with that either. I think you got to let this thing go. You got to set the motions in place. Now, it probably doesn't help if you feel the investigation would be biased and corrupt to begin with. Sure, it probably doesn't help in that standpoint, but at least puts it in place and at least gives you a chance after the fact to be able to point back and say you were officially robbed in things that they may uh, find. Now, keep in mind, too, as a president of the United States, as Donald Trump, he's still going to be able to get access to a lot of different things after the fact. He's going to get, I think, still um, classified briefings and such, just like the former president still get if they want to still see these things. So I'm guessing he's going to be able to still at least have some capability of finding out some of these things that wouldn't be available to the public right away. That's what my play would be at this point. You got to set these other things in motion. 
314-436-7900. Something else I wanted to bring up here, and this was on Fox Business the other day. There's a senator that is in Maine in trying to set up free streaming. So when I say streaming, I mean video streaming services like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or fill in the blank. There's a million different ones out there anymore. Apple's got one and uh, blah, 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 blah. There's probably a, a, a dozen or so that are popular anymore. But a Senator uh, Angus King pointed out, hey, if you really want to keep people inside, this is what you need to do. Pay for their entertainment. So let's give, (laughs) how about we'll just subsidize Netflix and we'll subsidize Disney Plus and we'll subsidize Apple and Amazon and all of these things and make sure that they temporarily remove the cost of their services so that non-subscribers can get in there and start watching during this next couple of months. And then that way, it'll help bridge some of the time to kind of help people hold themselves over until the vaccine can get out and distributed. That would be the next sort of thing. I think that most people would look at that and say, you got to be kidding me now. Now, number one, there's a lot of free entertainment available. A, over-the-air television and over-the-air radio, free entertainment. You're listening to one of those free entertainments right now. There's a lot of options for people to go to. And when it comes to television shows over the air, there's a lot of different networks you can even get here in St. Louis. Like 20 different, I think 20 stations or so that I can get with my bunny ears. I don't do cable. Uh, I don't even like TV. I'm not a big fan. Uh, I don't watch a lot of things, but I have it just in case, you know, watching news or whatnot. And I think when you run the the TV to try to scan through and find the different television networks, I think there's about 20 of them I could pick up because there's a lot of sub channels in some of these on the major networks. So you get through these and you realize, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there that you could be recording. Just the other day, I recorded something off of PBS. They ran the documentary on the Hill and I have been saving and waiting to watch that. That was just from a week or two ago. And I know I'm coming up on some vacation time. I'll plan on watching that. But there's really no need. Uh, you, you, It's nice. Sure. It's tempting to have all of this extra stuff to go watch. There's still YouTube. You, if you have internet access, you can go watch free things on YouTube. There's other free streaming services. Pluto TV is one of them. I think even Roku TV is free. And you got all these different channels and stuff that's streamed. So you got a lot of options here. All right. And you don't necessarily have to keep saying to ourselves, hey, I got an idea. How about we give money to streaming services right now? Because ultimately, that's what they need, right? We need to be given more money to Amazon. Yeah, right. When we come back, a few other things I wanted to get to. Um, Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. There's something pretty terrible that happened up there. And I don't know if you've heard this story about the body camera footage. The police raided the wrong home. This is just awful, uh, what happened up there. We're going to talk about that coming up. And also calling out the media, Tucker Carlson did a man, did he really call out uh, Governor Cuomo in New York and uh, Kaylee McEnany blasting the Swalwell story that has been ignored on most networks. I don't even think the New York Times has covered it at last check. They haven't. But there's all these different stories and you start to scratch your head and wonder, these are legit news stories. Why are they being ignored? And I think you already know the answer to it. We'll take a look at your weather coming up, too. It's Overnight America KMOX. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. And Overnight America is live with you tonight up until midnight that we have the replay hours. But it would always be great to get a nice like on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, look up Ryan Recker Radio and go like that. 
radio fan page. This is a really bad story. I mean, out of Chicago, a terrible story. I think WBBM was one of the first ones, and they may have actually broke the story because it says that Mayor Lori Lightfoot's law department attempted to block WBBM-TV, that's Channel 2 in Chicago, from airing body camera footage of Chicago police officers raiding a woman's home and handcuffing her while she was naked. She was innocent. They got the wrong person. Police went in there, wrong woman, still, while she was naked, handcuffs her. The city has also filed a request that the woman, sanctioned for allegedly violating her confidentiality order, um, no, I think this needs to go out. I think people need to find out, and as they're finding out about it right now, are just completely horrified of the circumstances that surround this. And there's certain things that we start to see pop up in policing the no-knock warrants and the problems with those things. Now, the Breonna Taylor story is a little bit different because there are uh, witnesses that there was a knock and there was identification and the boyfriend shot at police. And, you know, there's all of these different bits of information that it's not a pure no-knock situation. There are instances where police just bust into a home. I remember one, I think it was down in the Atlanta area, and it was one of the most horrifying stories to me. And it was really when I first learned about just how police use these no-knock warrants and just how terrible they are. If it's in Atlanta, my memory's a little foggy on this, but they broke into the door. It was the wrong place. They shot in a gas canister to try to bring some smoke into it. The canister, when they shot it into this place, landed in the baby's crib and killed the child. And they said, well, it's just one of those things that could happen and we're not liable. They killed the kid to the wrong place, throwing this throwing this gas canister, shooting it into this residence. It was horrifying to me to think that they would take that stance on it. And when I think about, too, police getting into places, I don't even know how that works. If they go into a residence to arrest someone and they believe they should be in there, so they bust into a residence, and they get in or whatever it is, and the person is not dressed appropriately, what is the protocol there? Do they allow them to get clothes on? Um, it's strange if you think about it. Wouldn't that be one of the worst nightmares in the world? You get raided and they're in the wrong place and you're carted out in front of your neighbors fully nude <laughs> as they take you to the car. That is a complete nightmare. And you think about how many different violations, uh, civil rights violations that would rack up there. And this is what I would think. This would be any lawyer's dream case. They would take this on in a heartbeat. It's a guaranteed windfall for them and everyone involved. There was one instance in California. I think it was a Muslim woman who was wrongly detained. And then they I think they searched her in public, which meant they disrobed her in certain parts. And considering her religious beliefs of being a Muslim, they're not allowed to be in public disrobed in certain places. Now, she had, again, they got the wrong person and they did this. And she said, you violated my civil rights. My deeply held religious convictions were completely violated. And they agreed, the courts. And you see these things happening. Sometimes mis uh, mistakes are made. In this case, this scares me, too. And this is one of the things that do scare me when it comes to dash cam footage and 
body cam footage. I do support body cameras. I do think they should be on every police officer. The thing that really scares me is the way that some people believe all of that should be public made. It should be released into the public. And there's no reason to turn that down because, hey, it's paid for by public tax dollars. And what the police do are you know, basically meant for the public to be able to view in plain sight. So some people argue, and I've seen even news agencies when I was in Indiana that said there should be no discretion on what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Everything should be given to media at any given time. So I I would point to what goes on here inside of Chicago. This poor woman who was the wrong person and they arrest and you know she's naked or whatever um here's how would you like to know that your dash cam or your body camera footage was given to these news agencies and that's out there i mean that's a huge violation i think of your uh privacies so that scares me a little bit too i don't like that sort of thing says, before the report, Lightfoot lawyers wrote in a filing that Young received the video as part of her lawsuit against the city and released it to CBS despite the federal judge's protective order. I think, if anything, um, I wouldn't want people seeing that. <laughs> I would like, I don't want you to see that. I'd have to go through my own way of censoring it, and I guess they had to have been censored for them to put it on television over in Chicago. But still, I... Um, I would want that. And, and think about it this way. When the public's outraged and they see these things, and it's not just a Chicago thing anymore... The whole United States is outraged by this. They they hate it. Number one, they don't like that the city is trying to hardball her, the victim in this case. I think they look at her and they say, no, 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 no. This is a clear cut case where you are in the wrong. And this is one of those things where you're going to have to take care of this person because you really screwed the screwed this one up. Uh, the mayor also tried to distance herself from the incident, saying the raid took place before she was elected, even though the city kept the video secret under her administration. They did everything they could to try to hide this thing. Says a very emotional reaction to what was depicted at the video, and I imagine many people did. Uh, late Tuesday evening, a spokesperson released the statement saying that the city felt an obligation to report that the video had been shared despite the confidentiality order. Just a scary thing. This this does anger a lot of people, including myself, and I'm sure it probably gets you a little worked up here and things like that. I think we need more Christmas music. Uh, at this point, I think we're going to have to balance everything we do with Christmas music. My son still loves listening to Christmas music. I don't know why he's so into it. Around the house, when he walks into a room, he'll turn the radio on so he can listen to our sister Kate stations, KEZK's coverage of christmas music at any given time they're playing chris they're, they're always like the first one and they are the christmas station in st louis and he listens to it he danced to it felice navidad comes on it's his favorite song he'll dance and sing to it uh he just enjoys it but any pretty much any christmas song that comes up he really enjoys and he'll listen to it in his bedroom he has a little alarm clock and he listens to it on his alarm clock yeah he's got a physical alarm clock and he'll turn it on or whatever when he's playing Legos or doing something in his bedroom or coloring or whatever it is, enjoying a little Christmas music. I feel like maybe I can learn a thing or two from him just to calm myself down every once in a while. And maybe tonight would be one of those appropriate nights to do it. If you got a Christmas song that would help me during the break, text it to me. Let me know what that song is because I'm going to have to listen to something here. This is Overnight America, KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Hmm. 
Is this the song Larry said we should be playing? Our producer Nathan picked this one out. Let's listen to it a little bit. I do want to hear it when it kicks in. Oh, yeah. You know what I imagine? Nathan driving to the radio station in his 82 Camaro, popping this in on the 8-track and just rocking out to it. His long, flowing hair enjoying some Christmas music with a little bit of guitar. Yeah, here it is. I can just see Nate. He's drumming in the car. He's got his fingers and they're on the wheel and just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I can just see all of it play out right now. I don't know if this makes me more calm or not. This is one of those. Is this Trans-Siberian Orchestra? Yes, it is. Okay. I saw them once. It's kind of a dumb story, but yeah, I'm in the mood of complaining. I do that all the time. Instead of Overnight America, I'm just going to call this Overnight Complaints with Ryan Recker. And I went to go see them in Dayton. We got some tickets through our radio station. My wife and I went down, and we were way early. It was about an hour drive to Dayton. It's not that far from where we were. And we stopped at uh, Fishbone Grill or whatever, some kind of place to eat. And we were so early, we thought, oh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna hang out here a little bit longer because there's no reason to get to the stadium that early. Well, did we make a mistake? I didn't realize this, but when you got down to Dayton, their parking was so terrible. You had to park a mile away, and they shuttled everyone there. There wasn't, like, a a giant parking lot or a garage to go to. So we got there, and we had to wait in line forever, and we missed, like, the first half hour of the concert, even though we got there super early. It was just, it was terrible. And we decided to leave early. We're like, we don't want to have to deal with this rush again. It was a bad experience in Dayton. I forgot what... uh, arena they went to for this but it was kind of fun I know Nathan might have been there actually our producer yeah I think he was there on that one I remember seeing him he was like really into it air guitaring during the show I mean just really getting into it then he hopped back in his 82 Camaro and went home driving down that highway all right welcome back to overnight America I guess we needed that didn't we we needed that just a little bit some person said we should play Neil Young and Ricky Skaggs, Lights of the Stable. Okay. I don't know that one. <laughs> Is that another one of those really hard rocking songs? It's got to be one of those muddy, dirty songs if Neil Young's in it. Like anytime Neil Young plays guitar in a song, it's like either really muddy and dirty or it's really soft. It's like really slow and soft, like uh, like the breeze is coming through the window and you can just see the curtain move just slightly. That's a little bit of harmonica comes in right behind it. That's not what I was going to talk about. All right. So we have to balance out the show tonight because I feel like all of the different serious things are starting to take a toll on me tonight. How about this? Calling out the media. There's been a couple of instances lately in really warranted instances 
where they're just completely ignoring some pretty major stories. And Fox News did a story the other day, and it was, I think, just yesterday, about how little attention is being given to the Swalwell story. And Representative Swalwell out of California, Democrat that um, up until last week was known for loudly farting during an interview and then going on a tour to say he didn't do it. Um, And all of the late night talk show hosts really dug it big time. They're like, oh, isn't that so funny? (laughs) They're like really playing into it. It's just what they consider um, worthy of their time. So the New York Times has yet to cover the controversy surrounding Eric Swalwell in his relationship with a Chinese spy. Axios reported the bombshell last week. A woman by, uh, let's see, named Fang Fang, a.k.a. Christine Fang, had ties with all kinds of different politicians. The whole M.O. of her was to come in as a Chinese spy, gain relationships with up-and-coming Democrats, sometimes their mayors or whatever it is, ones that have ambitions to seek higher office. And boy, did she get a big fish in Eric Swalwell. And up until 2015, apparently the FBI uh, gave a briefing a defense briefing to Swalwell that's, hey, you're in this uh, relationship with this Chinese spy. Now, keep in mind, she was a fundraiser. She got money, and who knows where this money came from. We can just imagine it wasn't all honestly done as a grassroots effort. There's probably some money that came in as part of uh, the Chinese money to help the efforts to you know get the hooks even deeper into that administration, in this case, the Eric Swalwell uh, administration or the uh, committee or whatever the packs that would put it together. Um, but let's put it this way. He easily was associated with it up until last week. His dad and brother were still friendly with them on Facebook, the Chinese spy. Isn't that something? So, so the FBI comes in in 2015 says you're associated with a spy and Eric Swalwell's dad was still liking things that they were posting on Facebook. Are you kidding me? Still friends with them. Are you kidding me? And part of the M.O. is her sleeping around, you know, uh, getting into these sexual relationships with these politicians. Eric Swalwell refuses to give any indication if he was in a romantic relationship with her. His non-answer, I think, answers it right there. And I think it's pretty obvious what that is. Let me point this out, too, because um, just on Fox Business, I think it was, there was uh, an interview and I got to pull it back up because I just recorded it during the break when I was trying to pull a little bit more. Rand Paul was asked about this because keep in mind, Swalwell is part of the Intelligence Committee. And not a lot of people in Congress are too happy that someone that is in the House of Representatives was in a relationship in friendly with a Chinese spy continues to sit on a intelligence committee. Yeah, I think to be careful and to cautious, he should actually resign from the Intelligence Committee. If he's not willing to do that, he should be removed from the Intelligence Committee. But I also think that uh, what hypocrisy. This is a guy that was hurling stones and accusations, all kinds of false accusations at President Trump. Oh, he's controlled by spies and this and that. He was the most over-the-top critic of President Trump on Russia collusion, and it turns out he's sleeping with a Chinese spy. I mean, my goodness, the hypocrisy, it's appalling, and he really should be red-faced and ashamed of himself. All right, so let's let's look at this. This is a pretty big story. A uh, politician, someone that's on the Intelligence Committee, for years was friendly and probably had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy, unknowingly. 
but still had family members that were connected through social media with this woman. This is a pretty big deal. And keep in mind, this is also someone that was a large critic of this Russian connections with Donald Trump that turned out to be completely false and untrue and a lie. And he went completely on the offensive over and over and over again. And oh, my goodness, you couldn't have picked anyone that deserved it more when we find out all of these other things that are going on in his background. Well, this is a big deal. What do you think the attention was on these other networks? Do you think that maybe they gave it the same amount of attention that Donald Trump got with Russia? No, of course not. Well, he's a sitting president, of course. But no, they they probably would talk about it, right? Both CNN and MSNBC, the one week after the story broke, and this is a big, big breaking story. No more than five minutes over the entire week. Five minutes over one week's time. That's pathetic. Pathetic. ABC spent two minutes of it. CBS and NBC completely avoided the story. If you look at that, how in the world can you justify ignoring this story unless there is a a direct... Uh, uh, there, there's a direct connection between that and purposely trying to hide it or cover it for the Democratic Party or whatever it is. This is absolutely a news story. This is absolutely worthy of being reported. This deserves to be reported and should be reported. But the fact that they're not reporting it shows there was an intentional decision made not to report it. And that intentional decision, you can come to, I think, this is my conclusion, is because they didn't want to try to hurt their ties with the party or they want to run defense for the party or whatever it is. Maybe they are the party. They're sympathetic to the Democrat party and they just throw out journalistic integrity. They have no integrity. And this is just another example of it. White House made a pretty big point of this, too. In fact, they decided to point it out yesterday during their press conference. As former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer said, Bias is often found in stories the press does not cover. And last week, we found out that Democrat Congressman Eric Swalwell was infiltrated by an alleged Chinese spy. The spy cozied up to Swalwell, raised funds for his 2014 campaign, and even planted an intern in his office. And that relationship continued until the FBI briefed him in 2015. And that was some very good reporting done by Axios. Um, But after entangling with this spy for years, Swalwell hypocritically went on to be one of the lead instigators of the Russia collusion hoax and the impeachment sham. Swalwell wrote this on his congressional webpage. President Trump and his team are directly and indirectly tied to Russia. That was not true. He then said in September of 2020, the president has a compromised relationship with Russia. Untrue. April of 2019, he said President Trump certainly acts on Russia's behalf and acts like Russia's leader. Not true. Uh, January 2019, Eric Swalwell said it's pretty clear President Donald Trump is an agent of Russia. Not true. And Swalwell shamelessly claimed Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner had an eagerness and a willingness to work with the Russians during the 2016 election. Again, it was false. Um, In 2019, he falsely claimed this yet again when inquired about collusion by a reporter. And these baseless attacks were false, yet covered breathlessly by the media. Uh, There was no coverage, however, of Swalwell being the one implicated with not Russia, but China. In fact, the New York Times website 
as of this morning, had not one result for Eric Swalwell's ties to Chinese spies, not one result. And when the Swalwell story broke, guess how many minutes of coverage it got on ABC, NBC, MSNBC, and CBS? Zero. CNN devoted three minutes and 16 seconds to it. Um, however, it was covered on Fox. Um, interesting pre-election and post-election coverage, too, on the Hunter Biden scandal, which was not covered at all uh, by many outlets in the lead up to the election. In fact, on October 15th, you had a New York Times headline that said Trump said to be warned that he was being given Russian disinformation. And you get the idea. They're not covering it. There's a reason they're not covering it. How would you trust them as a news source if they won't cover that? This is Overnight America KMOX. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 